0: Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney. Brains, we're going down to Australia. I told you we were going on a trip. We're going to meet a great uh, woman here. This woman has a podcast. I love to talk to other podcasters. Not only that, she is a productivity strategist. How do we become productive? You know, I always laugh at people that say, oh, I'm busy. But are you impactful? Are you insightful? Mm -hmm. Are you making a difference? Are you inspirational? How did you get the pixie dust to be so enlightened and everybody else is falling below the the pale? So that's what we wanna talk about and how we can heighten our sense of awareness, be productive in every aspect of our life, not just in our business, which is important because we wanna make money and we wanna have a legacy for ourselves but we also want to morph that into our relationships to our health uh, and to to the world around us. So thank you so much for joining me,
1: Lorene. Uh, Tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Oh, look, you just asked a really interesting question then, you know, how did you become so productive? And do you know what? I have done so much deep diving into me and who I am. Do you know, it's actually the best gift I got out of being denied as a child. Really? Yeah. So it actually comes from trauma from being denied. I was never allowed anything, never given anything. And I had to work out how to get it. And strategic is my top strength. And I know how to save, to do stuff, to get wherever it is I want to go. So you know, out of all the crap that happens in your life, there's always good stuff and always strengths that come from it, and that's what I got. So sorry, I didn't answer your question, but I you really sparked something that I thought. Yes, I have to well, share. Well, no, it. and that
0: that's it. It's not you know. I was just kind of making an overall blanket statement, but again, from from tragedy comes triumph. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, people- if people position it the right kind of way. We were having a real deep conversation in the green room about challenges that society faces right now. But people don't want to pull back the blinders. They don't want to see what it really is. They always mask
1: the issues. Absolutely, absolutely. And I could sit here and go, oh, poor me, I had such a hard time on all of that. But realistically, what did I get from it? And that strategic is my biggest strength. And I am just so grateful for it every day of my life.
0: Well, so, you know. if you don't, if you don't mind me asking too much, I'm just trying to color the white spaces for my brains. When you say you were denied, were you abused? Were you, uh, you know, taken away from your family, your parents? Were they, was it trauma? Was it cruelty? What, What, what do you mean by you were
1: denied? Like, it's really really interesting to me it was just a normal childhood but then when I went to a psychologist she said to me do you realize that that's extreme abuse and I went wow and I went oh so my denial was I had workaholic parents who were never in the household and I was an only child on my own in a house the whole time so I You know, from between the ages of five and 11, I ate three meals a day on my own at the table. Mum would come in, cook the meal, and then go out again, and I was on my own. So if I asked for something, I couldn't have anything because they were so busy working in a shop which was attached to the house, so they were theoretically home, but I was home on my own. I was isolated.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Or was it hard for you to build friendships and
1: trust people? And, or did that just come second yeah. nature? Yeah. Well, before, before five, so between zero and five, we actually lived on a farm and I was isolated as an only child. The only person I had to speak to was my dad, really. And he, I used to go out on the tractor with him. So I had never, never socialized at all until I was in my teen years. Wow. So I had to learn to do that. Which I didn't realize was unusual, but I was certainly unusual. Yeah, but strategic. Yeah, Mum didn't, Mum never took me shopping. And Mum was older than the other mums. So she dressed me like a 1940s child in the 1960s, which also made me different again. So if I wanted what the other kids had, I had to save up, I had to scrounge money so I could then go and beg my grandmother to take me shopping to go and buy whatever it was the other kids had. So there was my strategic, absolutely, in full flight. So now as you progressed into your adolescent years
0: and you started to interact, you know, in, in more, you know, public settings, did you find yourself a little socially awkward? Did you find yourself naive? Were you able to be manipulated or were you... Did you kind of look at everybody with a side eye and, and, and proceed with caution? What was that
1: like? No, I was probably desperate to be liked and to be accepted. So I never had a friend at school until I was in secondary school, you know, senior school. So primary school, there was no friendships. And I was the kid that was picked on, bullied. I was the kid that was beaten up at the end of the day. You know, when you're coming home, you know, I was the kid that was belted up and laid on the ground while the other kids kicked into, I was, I was different. You know, I wasn't the same as them. So all I wanted to do was be the same as them. So to be the same as them, that's where my strategic came in. And I was doing everything to try and be normal like the other kids. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. So, When I got into my teen years, it wasn't until I changed schools again and other new kids came in that I actually made some friendships. When I look at my secondary school, I really didn't move outside. The friendship circle I made on that first year, I was too scared to move out. Okay. And it's interesting. As an adult, I've actually connected with a lot of the girls I went to school with that I didn't know when I was at school and they were really lovely girls. And I didn't know that they were lovely girls when I was there. Well, you know, you know how
0: schools can be, they might not have been as lovely then as they are now because they have a lot more life experience. Was it, um, so as you progressed in life, tell us a little bit about, you know, some of the changes when you started
1: to go into the workforce and, you know, what was your career path like? I I think my desperation to be liked and loved by other people meant I actually got married young, which didn't help. And I married a man that was very controlling and who also had problems which I didn't understand. So I married a narcissistic man who we were both broken, basically. And I became a mother young. And because my mother wasn't there for me, my main aim was to be there for my children. So I became an at-home mum who was dedicated to her children. So that's how it played out in my life. And I was going to hold on to that marriage for for everything because I needed to be loved by someone. I hadn't learned self-love because I didn't love myself. So is
0: that where the procrastination started? Because you talk about that, you know.
1: Uh, oh, procrasti- to- procrastination is a really interesting thing. I I talk about it because I don't do it because that's a problem other people have. So therefore I can help you get through it because I'm quite driven. I've got direction. I know where I want to go. So yeah, once, my, once my ex left me at 50, I had to totally change everything. I had to learn to love me. I had to find me. And I had to find what I was even good at because I didn't know what I was good at. I didn't know what I was bad at. And I didn't know what I was good at. And I didn't know what lessons that I had received in life. Right. I had to dig deep. So where'd you start with the shovel? Oh, when did I start? My first question was, why would a man who I allowed to control me, to abuse me, to treat me badly, and I'd just given into, why would he leave me? You know, I was as perfect as he could have ever wanted. So right. why did he run off with someone else? So I had to look at that and I had to work out what's my responsibility in that because all I'd done is given.
0: Right. Right. So I
1: had to learn that, ah, you know, I had no boundaries. I had no self-respect. I had no self-love. I had allowed him to treat me that way. And there was my responsibility. I had allowed the whole lot. Okay. So
0: have you ever talked, do you have daughters or, or sons? You have one of each? Two girls, one boy. Two girls, one boy. Mm. What are you pouring into those young women about your life experience, what you hope for their life experience, and and trying to find a balance in this world because it's pretty yeah. convoluted right now.
1: It's it's interesting. It's really interesting, April. All we can do is guide our children. My children, my youngest was eighteen when my ex left, and my oldest was twenty seven so they were they were adults yeah so they had actually an actual fact was the oldest one came to me the year before he left and said mum do you realize dad's abusing you and it's not acceptable ways treating you and I just went oh my god oh 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 really and I had to face it now if anyone else had have said that to me I would have called them out and said rubbish Right. So when he said it to me, I had to accept it. Wow. So that was my first real was a kick in the guts. You know, it was a real kick, and it was a real eye opener. And then I had to think, well, what am I going to do about this? I right. can't do anything because I'm not capable of looking after myself. I don't know. I can't do anything, and I didn't believe that I was strong enough to do anything. Wow. So it so, gave
0: you courage. What was the light and your inspiration? Well, it wasn't. He
1: left. He, I would never have left. He left. Thank goodness. At the time, I was mortified, broken. I was a shell. I didn't know how I was going to survive at all. Didn't know who I was. So I had to find me. And oh, i tell you what, I'm not the same person now. Well, so, I mean, I, I just see you're, you're radiant.
0: Yeah, But you you picked yourself up by the bootstraps and you said, I can do this. You looked in the mirror and you had the realization that I am enough. I am whole. I am beautiful. I am. You have that. I am conversation with self.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And look, that doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. And I'm still working on myself today. You know, I'm not there yet. But geez, I tell you what, I'm a, long, a lot further down the track than I ever was. Well,
0: before. you know what? We are all a work in progress. We really yeah. are. And so, what you do is you work a lot with people in self development. Yeah. How yeah. do you How do you help a person develop themselves? And the reason why I ask that is, we're mere shells, and if we don't know, you know. Hmm. What
1: what do you do? Where, where do you where do you take this person? Look, it's all about mindset. You can't achieve anything in life if you don't have the right mindset.
0: You right. know,
1: there's, there's this the the saying, you know, if you think you can, you can. And if you think you can't, guess what? You're right. You can't do it. Right. Regardless of whether you could do it, you right. will never be able to do it because your brain says, I can't do this. So you've got to look at your language. You've got to look at your patterns. You've got to be prepared to dig deep. But each person's digging is different, you know, obviously, because you've we've all come from different backgrounds.
0: Right. Yeah. I was just talking to my girlfriend before you came into the green room. And we were talking about, have you ever checked in with a psychologist or a psychiatrist? And I told her, yeah, I checked in twice. And she said, you did? You know, and her eyes got real big. Well, you know, Culturally, that's not something that we probably do. We check in with the pastor. We check in with big mama or something like that. But going to that, I said, but you know what? You get your blood pressure checked. You get yeah. your colon checked. You, get, you go to the yeah. gynecologist. Why not get your mental health checked? Yeah. That's one of the biggest yeah. muscles is your brain. Yeah. And people don't understand the value of that of someone else helping you
1: uncover and discover who you are meant to be. And, you know, if someone helps you, you can get to the end a lot faster than when you're trying to do it yourself. So, I look, I have coaches for spirituality. I have coaches for business. I have coaches on, I have coaches in all different areas because they're all good at different things. Right. So if you want to get somewhere fast, get someone to help you. You know, it's kind of quick, the sprint. Right. And that's what I'm saying. There's nothing new under
0: the sun. No. There are other people that have experienced it, maybe even worse trauma, Mm. maybe at the same level. Exactly. We're not one-legged stools. We all need support. Yes. And reaching out and finding that person to support Mm. you. So now it says that you are a productivity strategist and a podcaster. How do
1: those two marry? Oh, look, (laughs) I'm a serial entrepreneur too. I've always had my own business. And so the, the productivity is like, I know how to start a business, how to get going and, you know, what to do. You know, I can see a blank canvas and I can tell you where to go. Now, podcasting, podcasting came as a passion and it is my way of giving back to society. I speak to some amazing women on all sorts of different topics. You know, we talk about vaginal dryness through to spirituality, through to diabetes, through to, you know, so many different topics. And these women are all amazing women. You know, you must... Find this yourself you know they're just incredible women. I'm talking to you I'm talking to you
0: <laughs> no really and and I love I've done this for 17 years I don't know how long you've done it but the conversations make me a much better person they do Whether I agree I have yeah. a right to disagree but I'm not disagreeable with your truth no I can't, I can't be dis- disagreeable with your journey and your life's uh, what, what path you've taken or what yeah. path you've fallen into. I can be empathetic, I can understand and it makes me a much better person. Yeah. And I think that's why the world is so convoluted right now is that they want everybody to think a certain kind of way. They want mechanical animals and not human beings. Yeah, yeah. Human beings allow flexibility. Human beings are curious. Human beings, uh, I think,
1: they want and desire and they crave, and we can teach each other all sorts of different stuff because of our different viewpoints, because exactly. of our own individual, you know, experiences growing up and what we believe. But it it's doesn't like matter right or
0: wrong, right? It's like travel. You know, right. uh, I've traveled many places in this world and it has made me a much better person it's been it's been hell on my palate because i eat up everything but it yeah. has been fun i've had great conversations i've learned about different cultures i've learned about different time periods i've learned about uh you know native americans uh we went to uh yosemite and it was beautiful mm-hmm. because there were a bunch of kids there, but they were being homeschooled. And that's when homeschooling, you know, first took off before COVID and all that. But to see them actually sit there and get a lesson from an actual Native American woman on basket weaving and how you have to be pure. You cannot be on your menstrual when you weave the baskets. I didn't know that. I said that it right. because because it is a spiritual connection you are weaving a basket that could carry your food that you feed that you could carry your young child that you carry your clothing in it is a part of your heart and your soul and i didn't realize that and i was in awe and these kids just took it in so it's exposing yourself it's asking questions and being open to the answer Now, judgment, am I judgmental sometimes? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, because that's based upon my boundaries and my life experience. Mm. I wouldn't know anything about being on a farm. I Mm. went on a farm one time and I tried to milk a cow and I touched that udder baby, I was done. (laughs) I was like, no way, I'll see you guys in there, I'll watch her bake the bread, I'm not doing it. Where (laughs) you had an experience that, you know, you became one with these animals. They relied on you. You relied on them. You understood what the, the the balance between human, animal, and nature was. Yeah. So much I can learn from you.
1: There's so much you can learn from me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And do you know what? Airbnb is a great way. When you travel, if you stay Airbnb and actually stay with families, you can just learn so much more and experience so much more you can tell me a little bit about
0: a little bit more about the podcast what is your ideal interview or
1: what is one of your favorite interviews maybe look I don't think there is a favorite because I think they're all incredible women now they're I'm looking for more and speaking to more mature women so they're not young they've got life experience right so you know we can talk about all sorts of different things and it's really good because i can bring in my life experience and although i must confess that probably have more values and morals which are akin to me um if it's controversial and stuff that i don't agree with i can't i don't feel i can be subjective enough to give them a fair hearing to be oh, honest all going for the good fight no, no. I had a I had a, a lady who was a relationship coach, and she ended up talking about what is it, polyamory? And I thought I can't, I I can't <laughs> give her a fair a fair discussion because right. I couldn't agree with it. You know, right,
0: right, right, right. Well, you know what? I yeah, I had some some uh, polyamorous uh, people on my, and I was like, ah, it's confusing to me. Yeah. And, I, and I watched this television show here in the U.S. called The Sister Wives, where it's one husband and he's got three wives and the three wives are like sisters and they all get along. It, that's too much.
1: Yeah, I, I just, it's I, too don't much. Ch- I don't know how the children cope with it. That's what
0: worries me more than right. anything. But You know what? It, it's a lifestyle. And if you grow up with that, like, again, you grew up a certain way that was quote unquote the norm because you don't know what you don't know.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. And then you go into society, and then you are tormented, bullied, mistreated for something that you've totally thought. And how do you explain it any other way? So it it can be a challenge. Mm. So now you say that you can take a business from A to Z. Give me one of your success stories of one of the companies that you just took to its zenith point.
1: Oh, look, I was I was working as a photographer for a um, <clears throat> a local newspaper in the country, and look, I love doing that. And then I moved on pounds, so I were obviously needed to start up a new a new photographic studio. So yeah, that was probably my most my most fun and pleasurable one. You know, I took this business from <clears throat> working out of my. Be going moving into a strange town where I knew nobody, to becoming I think I, the population of the town was about ten thousand. Well, by the time I closed my doors and moved again, I had a database of five thousand families. Wow! So I'd photographed just about everybody in the area, and um, that's probably most enjoyable. And yeah. And and I was very successful. It was, it was really very, yeah, it was really rewarding. You know, you find the reward in this and you find,
0: you know, success in the things that you do. Yeah. A lot of times people are never satisfied and, you know, it's always not all people, but some people, they're always chasing the perverse, uh, the the proverbial carrot. What's the next thing that's going to make me happy? What's the next thing that's going to make me satisfied? What's the next ambition? What's the next goal? What do you feel about that? And what do you feel about just being content at where you are? Are you a hard charger? Are you
1: a a person that's always pushing people to the edge? No, probably. I'm probably not the pusher to the edge. But if you want pushing, I can certainly do it. You know, pushing someone to the edge is not necessarily, it's it's not going to work anyhow because if they don't want to get pushed to the edge, all they're going to do is get their back up and resent you for pushing them. Right. You know, it's got to come from their heart. It's got to be their mindset and it's got to be their decision. But if you want someone to say, hey, listen, what are you doing next? Okay, now, you know, send me an email when you've done that. Send me an email when you've done that and count in you know check in to make sure that you've done this right then you know we can certainly do that but if you're going to push someone who's not going to get it done there's no point right but you know what
0: i don't know i'm not a little different in that regard because i have high expectations for people I, i i i i do and am i pushy
1: honestly you're yeah. probably attracting high expectations, people. Because if I've got well, low you expectations, know what? I've got but it, you.
0: But Laureen, I've got myself in trouble with that because my expectation is not your deliverable. Mm. Okay. What I expect, my kids. I got zero tolerance for some nonsense. some certain kind of nonsense. They know that. Mm. Okay. But if I give you a task and it is beyond your bandwidth or beyond your capability and I still expect something of you, that's unfair of me. That's disingenuous of me to put that on you, to put that pressure on you. However, Mm. if I do not keep pushing you towards the finish line, you may stay complacent and you Mm. may think that the status quo is acceptable. Mm when I don't think it's acceptable. So I've gotten myself into a quandary back and forth, but what I've learned in these 60 years is how to dial back Mm -hmm. and how to meet people where they are. Yes, yes. Figure out where they are and give them tasks and challenges to push them to the next level. Yes. If I find that they really struggle with that, then I understand that that's not for them. That Mm That was about me. And everything can't be about me. It's got to be about you. So yep. Listen. let's ask some fun things about you because we've had a serious conversation here. <laughs> if you were an appliance in the kitchen, what appliance would you be, Lorene, and why? An appliance in the kitchen now?
1: Yeah. I've never heard of that before. I told oh, you. I Didn't I, I just fine. tell you I pushed the limits? <laughs> I'm probably gonna be a one-pot fits all multi-appliance. <laughs> wow. Okay.
0: Where it all goes in together. All right. Uh I would probably be the refrigerator. Oh. Because I like to chill.
1: <laughs> oh. you okay. It's an interesting way of looking at it.
0: If you were a flower in the garden, what flower would you be?
1: I automatically thought rose, but I don't know why. Roses are beautiful, though. They are beautiful. They are beautiful. But I
0: like (laughs) roses. If you were an animal, what
1: animal would you be? Oh, a cat. Why? Because I have cat and I I love the defiance of my cat. He's a pain in the ass, but at the same time, he is so determined... No one can boss a cat unless they want to be bossed. They are their own boss. They can laze around all day. But my cat sits between my feet and a a bed that's behind my computer, actually. So he doesn't leave my side all day, every day. (laughs) But I can't tell him what to do. I can't He wouldn't come. I would be a party animal.
0: real that's for sure what (laughs) what brings you your greatest joy outside of your children outside of your podcast and your work what brings you the greatest
1: children too um being in the bush being in a rainforest um listening to kookaburras oh they do make a you they do make a unique sound they do, they do. Listening to listening to birds, yeah, it's probably nature. Yeah. Being in the bush, the Australian bush is just beautiful. What brings yeah. you tears? What makes you cry? Oh, God, my bladder lives beside my <laughs> tear ducts. I cry at the drop of a hat. Any sad story gets me to tears. I can't control it. It's something that no. I wish I could control, but I can't. Do you think you're do you think you're a bit empathic? Do you take on other people's energy? And- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 You told me a, a, a sad story and I would be sitting here crying. Oh, right, it's quite embarrassing at times. But it's like, oh well, no, that's who no. we are. you know, we need
0: more compassionate people. We need more people that are willing to cry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What is on your life list that you have yet to accomplish that you want to achieve?
1: More travel. I love traveling.
0: I do too.
1: I do too. Yeah. More traveling. I haven't done South America. There's parts of America. I haven't been to the South. You
0: haven't um, been to the West Coast either. San Diego is happening, baby. I told you it's happening. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I haven't been to so, No, I haven't been that far south. No,
0: no. You gotta you gotta come visit us for sure.
1: Yeah. If you
0: had three wishes,
1: what would they be, Loreed? Oh, more travel. I would like a like minded man in my life. Oh you've got to be perfect for me. So if he's not perfect, yeah. they can go away. <laughs> you know, it is it, it is.
0: And okay, I'm gonna ask you something about that, but go ahead, and give me a third wish.
1: A third wish. Oh, probably just happiness and prosperity for my children. Yeah, well, that's wonderful. Yeah. Mine would be
0: I want to lose 40 pounds. <laughs> the next one to be traveling more. And uh Probably the third one is to really make an impact on this world with regards to communication and teaching people how to manifest their dreams because it's all about an ask. It's all about a wish. Now you just made a comment about, you know, Mm -hmm. finding another suitor Mm -hmm. and you want them to be Mm like-minded. That's a big wish. But when you manifest something, you got to tick all the boxes, and at our age there's at our age they're not going to be perfect
1: they're gonna no. come, they're going to come with some baggage. Do you know something, April? The funny thing is, I actually manifested the perfect man that was exactly like me, and I went, "Oh no, this isn't quite what I wanted. Wow. I didn't have enough boxes down the bottom." <laughs> I because
0: once a someone, again, I, I don't know. I've been married 38 years to Mr. Magnificent. And I tell you, I don't think there's another perfect soul on the planet for me. Uh, uh, but the thing is, is that we agree to disagree. He allows me to be me. I allow be. him to be him. We have great conversation. But again, it's been 38 years. So you need a buffer. That's why I said, and I push the limits. I don't go beyond my speed limit. But I yeah. do right there sometimes. But you yeah. want someone that challenges you. So I thought that was very interesting that you said that you wanted someone that was like-minded, you yeah.
1: know. Like-minded, but they must also be able to challenge me and think independently. And I didn't put those things down. So in actual fact, what I got was me. And it was like, oh, this isn't going to work out. <laughs>
0: What would you tell a woman that is kind of going through transition that maybe something that you went through that she had a, you know, she had to consciously uncouple because for whatever reason, that person decided that they no longer wanted to be in that space. They were a stay-at-home mom that dedicated their life to their children, uh, that they grew up in a very sheltered lifestyle, that they were bullied, and then they broke out of their shell. What would you say to that woman to encourage her to keep moving forward?
1: Ah, uh, life does get better. You can do this. Basically, you can do this believing yourself and love yourself and accept yourself for who you are. That's, that's probably that's probably the most important thing to love yourself and accept yourself for who you are. You are capable, you can do this. Surround yourself with people who support you and you will get through all of this and come out the other side. And you are love. Mm.
0: You know? Absolutely. You are love and you're enough. Yeah. You don't have to overcompensate for people. You don't have to. uh, I always, I will always say this. I always want you to push. I always want you to challenge yourself because there's so much in the subconscious mind That we don't even tap into, that we don't even explore. Actually, a lot of times people are afraid of it. Because there's like four or five people I know rattling back here. Oh, (laughs) absolutely. You know. uh, uh, One of my guests told me that what she has is she has an alternative ego that's a superhero. So when she goes into a meeting and she feels intimidated, her superhero was Lady Diana. And she will pretend that Lady Diana is with her. I told her, you know, mine is a uh, bad girl because I want a cape. <laughs> <laughs> but have that alternative ego that you can offset some of the things that you don't understand, some of the things that you don't realize. Set it to the side, let it simmer, mm-hmm. let it observe, let it watch, and then check back in with it. Mm-hmm. Because life is about story and. We can make believe things if we want to. We can create fantasies if we want to. Everything doesn't have to be the actual fact, the reality, because then that would not spark your creativity or your Mm -hmm. imagination. And I think that you are a light of inspiration. You are wow and you are love. And thank you so much for being here with me on the edge. Please tell my brains how to get in contact with you, how to uh, work with you, and maybe possibly interview with you to be a guest
1: on your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> oh, yes, I love I love talking to people. And I've had quite a few guests from the States. It's really wonderful, actually. Actually, our times sort of can work together well, <laughs> which works well. So you can find me on Facebook, basically. That's probably the best way. So find me under Lorreen Roberts or there's wow um love light inspire community and uh the podcast I don't know if you can connect to me through it but please yes do listen there's some incredible- Oh absolutely you're going to provide me with the link right Yeah I'll give you the link yeah
0: yeah we'll get the link cuz we want to check in and see what you know what you and the ladies are talking about you know you're you're very sweet you are very sweet and I can tell that just based off what you told me that you've done a lot of the work and that you are oh. continuously doing the work and sharing that work with others. And I, you know, I honor you for that
1: because yeah. it takes a lot. It takes a lot of courage. And look, courage I, love, I love sharing. And look, my word for the year was vulnerability. And I honestly, last year when I heard the word vulnerability, I went, no, 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 you can't do that. Cause it's unsafe. And then I went, no, hold on. Yes, I can. So this year I'm really putting everything out there. I'm sharing lots of stuff. And do you know what? I'm actually not being attacked by anybody. It's really amazing how authentic you can be and how people accept you for the way you are. So well, you know, a lot of that a lot of
0: that too is uh people are shamed, not you, but I'm just saying people are shamed, they're embarrassed. Yeah. They feel that they're low that this is the only, you know, this it's only happened to me or i am not enough but once they pull back the layers of those onions and their eyes start to tear you know you wipe away those tears and now you can see clearly you yeah know, like they say i can see clearly yeah. now the rain is gone
1: <laughs> no that song. yeah
0: <laughs> so thank you so much for being with us uh Lorena, you are the absolute best. Come back, visit with us, let us know what's going on. Oh, before we conclude, I want to talk about the book.
1: Do you have the book there? Oh, yeah, oh yes, 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 yes. Hold on. I can I can grab a copy. I know podcasts, I can't see, but yeah, look, I wrote this. I wrote this Crazy Stupid Love. Now it's available on Amazon Kindle. Um, I've got a few hard copies if you're in Australia, but yeah, Crazy Stupid Love. with this background it's very yeah that's oh I love that I designed it all myself so took a photo and created that that's pretty hot I like that yeah it's pretty good and I wrote it to basically to when I came out of the marriage and I had first heard about narcissism and how it works I couldn't find anything although now there's lots there so I wrote this as a companion for people who'd come out of a relationship to work out what had happened. So I talk about family patterns repeating and how, you know, my ex behaved exactly the same way as his father had, and he married his mother and I married my mother. Right. And how it was just going through and through and through the family, going down generations and how we were just repeating the pattern. Right. So- I needed to make sense of it. So I actually put it in the book so you can actually see, you know, and ask yourself these questions, you know. Wow.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, writing a book is very cathartic. And so, Brains, I want you to pick that up, go and download it on Kindle. And you know what? She's in Australia. But if you're really nice and sweet, she might send you an autographed copy. You just have to put the postage. <laughs> So thank you so much, Lorraine. You are the best. And I wish you all the best. Oh, uh, thank you, April. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Brains, you know what to do. Go in, love, like, share, and subscribe. Love, like, share, and subscribe. Right here on The Edge, the place where the conversation is pointed. The guests are sharp. The responses are never dull.